0: Hey everyone, this is Rashi here. We are back with a season two of Entrepreneurship Podcast Series. Today, we have someone really special from the US and it's uh, Alessandra Snatopolski, who is a communications and marketing leader with over 20 years of experience in B2B financial services, fintech and technology. She has helped dozens of companies to expand their businesses and create awareness through thought leadership strategies. Alejandra is currently the co-founder of Scalto in the U.S., which is a creative consultancy focused on helping companies become truly scalable from a branding and communications perspective. We really welcome you, Alejandra, to our show today. Thank you very much for having me. Um, So it's the first time we are going outside of our SEO region, you know, so we're really glad to have you here today. And, uh, you know, so can you just tell us about what Scalto is and, you know, how is it helping businesses?
1: Well, honored to be the first one then. Um, Scalto is a creative consultancy, as you said. Uh, We focus on helping companies um, find their voice and determine um, their scalability strategies. Mm -hmm. Um, In terms of international companies, we've been helping several international companies enter the U.S., And by enter, I mean defining a a strategy to find their niche and design a communication strategy and marketing entrance uh, business plan for them in the U.S. So that has been our strength and our, our passion to really take companies by the hand and help
0: them navigate the challenges of growing in the U.S. Okay, okay. That's really interesting to know because, you know, um, consultants, uh, there are so many startups which need help and consultants, uh, consulting companies are actually what people are looking forward to, you know, uh, these years because uh, startup entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, the startup leaders, they, uh, they need a lot of help and guidance, which I believe uh, Scalto must be providing in the US, right? Exactly. Uh, so when
1: you enter the U.S. or any new market, it's, it's always, you know, it's a daunting task and it's a challenging one. Yes, yeah. Figuring out what the, the culture is, what your needs should be, what your offering is. Uh, because you may have a great offering back in your home country, but in the U.S. that may translate or not into something that will work in the market or not. Yeah. So those questions are always very valid and very important. Um, I've met a lot of entrepreneurs that are very successful at their home country and, and, and their homes, and they're assuming that um their product will translate into US. And sometimes we've even had to say, hey, you know, your product um, in the US is, for example, an overcrowded market. You are really like you're very well known and it's a very unique proposition for your market, but in the US it may be overcrowded. Mm-hmm. Or on the other hand, it's products that haven't even, you know, showed up in the U.S. sometimes even. So it's really, um, it's a whole other animal, as you can tell, you know, U.S. and Asia, you can't, you can't compare them as, as consumer markets at all. So it's very important to take a um,
0: a deep look before you dive in. Right 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 that's that's really correct um um you know so so like uh you're working in the u.s economy you know which is one of the world's uh, biggest economy too you know and uh, so you know what do you think you know how easy or tough has it been for you you know so far for Scalto, so far and you know like can you share with us your challenges as a startup you know who is wanting to scale up uh, and and the opportunities you've had being a part of the u.s economy yeah um Well, I've been pretty lucky, I have to
1: say. I actually come from another country. I come from Argentina, where I grew up. And back there, instability is pretty common, right? You have one government that keeps things uh, stable, and then the next one uh, tanks the economy, and then it goes back up. And, you know, you have changing rules every time, right? Mm -hmm. In the U.S., what I've seen is that the main difference is that we do not have that instability for the businesses as a whole so that's a huge advantage right so you feel like you can build a business and the rules are not going to change from one day to the other which Mm -hmm. is what happens a lot in the developing countries right Mm -hmm. um with changing governments etc Yes. so that's the main advantage and yes being the biggest economy there is market for everything and that's true right Uh, everybody says you can sell anything in the u.s in the u.s you always find somebody to buy your product yeah and it really also it's a number screen right you're from nepal nepal is a smaller country i'm not sure what the population is there
0: yeah, yeah. But then uh you know, in comparison even to the for the economy and the population, um there is uh, there I think it's uh it's a very bizarre uh comparison if you want to make, you know, for <laughs> for Nepal. Oh yeah, the, the comparison yeah. I
1: always make is I've helped for example several Latin American companies coming yes, or yeah. European. Or even European, and you're talking about I don't know fifty, maybe a hundred million people in the biggest country, right? Yes, yes, yes. In the US, we have almost four hundred million people. Mm. So just by those numbers, is hey, you're gonna come in, and you have to like my main my main issue is find your niche because yeah. if you don't dedicate your company to a niche mm-hmm. in the US. Mm. Um, all of your go-to-market efforts are going to be very diluted. It's going to be very hard for you to get to that person that is going to buy your product or company that's going to buy your product. So in terms of the opportunity, yes, the opportunity is huge. And at the same time, the challenge is finding the right people because the market is so large and the money is there. So that's yeah. a huge opportunity too, right? The money's yeah. there. Yes. yes, it's always be with the exception of the uh, lately the 2008 crisis. The rest, you know, whatever you launch, if you put your heart to it and you you really work hard for it, I think you can make it. And it's, you know what they call the American dream, but <laughs> I do think that it truly works.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay, that's good to know. And you know, like. Um, uh, talking about uh, consulting companies, you know, so as, as we mentioned before, also they're on the rise, and you know, every next startup is in need of it. So, you know, you've been an expert in communications and marketing. And so, now, how do you think, you know, we're, we're talking about the niche also, like, and finding the right market. So you know how can one one actually find their market segment? You know, so is there any tactic or you know any technique that you can share with uh, the startup, the listeners for for our listeners? You know, here a bit of marketing and branding strategies that you know you have been using to acquire clients in Scalto, or you know what you uh, how you guide the your clients under, in Scalto? Yeah, well, whatever I tell my clients, I try to do myself,
1: of course. Okay, <laughs> uh, but it's about uh, to find the niche. It's about sitting down and thinking, who do I have the easiest conversation with? So basically, who understands my products and values what I'm doing? Um, okay. that's generally an easy question to answer whenever you are an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. You know, you've sit down enough with people to know um, which conversations were easy and which ones took a little more explaining or were even like really, you know, harder because the, the other the person on the other side of the table really was not understanding your proposition. Mm. So I think that a very easy um, way to start defining your niche is really, okay, let me think back about the last 10 conversations I had who was fast enough to understand what I was doing. Okay. And then um, also who will, you know, get my product and run with it. So if it's, for example, for consulting, for consulting, mm-hmm. for me, the key to, um, to scaling was the productization, making sure that you have an established process that shows what you do from start to finish or your client right so whoever you sit down and can show you can show them what you do for clients and they get it right away with i don't know in our case it was uh financial services and fintech we design our products uh based on our experience i have a a very uh, strong background in financial services so whenever i sit down with somebody from the financial services industry The conversation just flows because I understand the industry and I understand the products that they're offering and I understand the pain points they have. Yes. So I go with that. And then I say, okay, then you also have to figure out what's the moment in the um, lifetime of that organization or person in which your product clicks also. Because it's not always any moment, right? So in my case, it's okay, it's organizations are looking to expand or to enter a new market yes yes and that's pretty common among my clients okay so sure. in summary is industry size um moment in time and also who is it that is in front of you who's the buyer mm. that's the way to define the niche
0: okay so um, uh, so you know like uh since we're talking about market um you know so nepal uh, we are we're much of the tourism sector, I would say, you know, so we're just developing a thing for startups. And, you know, so if a startup, you know, from a developing country like Nepal, you know, he wants to enter or, you know, explore the US market, be it product based or services based, you know, so uh, would it be possible for to to guide them, you know, so how can uh, uh, how can Scalto help them to launch their products or services, you know, as a consulting company already in the US? And, you know, so uh, what would be the procedure to approach Scalto? Well, definitely, whenever you want to launch a product, we take you by the
1: hand, we explore your core value offering. Mm -hmm. First, you know, our, our process goes like this, we first examine your core value offering, why okay. you exist, what do you offer, and how are you different, right? Yes. After that, once we are sure we know what you're offering, we compare it to the market and explore what your growth options are within the US market. So we say, okay, your offering is this. In the market, we have, you know, a hundred other companies doing the same because yeah. that's always be the case. Yes, yes. However... They do it this way, that way, or the other way. So we find the space in the market that's going to fit you. Mm -hmm. After that, we actually define a marketing communication strategy for you. So we say, okay, now that we know what market uh, niche we want to go for, we define the the content pillars, the brand story that you're going to tell to reach and own that market space. And from there, we actually execute uh, a communications campaign for you. Also, a very, very important part of our methodology is yeah. the the customer journey. For okay. us, examining what your customer journey looks like, is very important. So technology companies are really good at this because they all they focus a lot on user experience. Yes, yes. But consulting consulting companies generally like they're not that good at that because they don't standardize their processes and then they don't take that much that much of an advantage of where is it that your leads are falling through, right? That's yeah. a very common question so we analyze your whole customer journey to see where the most efficiency the, we can find the most efficiencies where we can find actually the cheapest leads um, i say it that way because most organizations have the assumption that they have to get new leads to grow you know always the the the, the first question is always the first answer is always oh, let's get more leads hmm. and that's not always the case yes a right. lot of the times you get a ton of leads, and then they fall through the cracks on the onboarding process, or they fall through the cracks on the on the follow up process.
0: Yes, yes.
1: So that's the type of analysis that we do, so that we help you become a healthier, uh, growing
0: organization and more scalable. Okay, okay. So um, can I can I just uh, take it as uh, you know uh, you since you're uh, you're into the. Uh, Western side of the globe, and you know you are reachable. Like people can approach Scaldo, or you know you through a podcast maybe uh, to understand the U.S. market, and and you are there to guide them, right? You yes, are- for sure, for sure.
1: You can find my name in on LinkedIn and Twitter.
0: And sculptor.com. Yes. Um, yes. We will include really all really those details in our podcast. Um yes. you can find find it in the description, guys. Um so moving forward, um, being US is one of the leading, like you know, it is the leading uh country by the number of startups, you know. So we often hear people that uh, everyone's you know waiting for the right time to start something of their own or you know, scale their businesses, you know, it's about the time factor that people are actually messed up in. So you know, when is the right time to grow the like big how can one start? Or, you know, or what's the right time to scale? You know, so can you give our listeners one advice that you would like to, uh, you know, help them with, you know, to accelerate their growth in their career or their so to launch a business is always the right time. I
1: don't think there is a bad time to launch a business ever. So, it took like personally, for example. It took me several years to actually, you know, gather the strength to launch my business. And then I never look back. You know, I think it's the greatest thing you can do, but it's also a personality issue. You have to define whether you are a cat for it and whether you're interested in it. Um, it's a lifestyle choice too, right? Yeah. So you have to decide what type of career you want. And if, you know, being an entrepreneur is something that uh, attracts, attracts you, And there is no bad time to start a business. Uh, Either start it on the side, or um, if you have the resources, just start. I I would never delay it. Um, And then to scale, I think the scalability is actually an ongoing process for every business. For Mm -hmm. me, scalability comes from the business strategy, your communication strategy, and your customer journey. Mm -hmm. And. From the business strategy, it should always be you know from the get-go with a scalability uh, mindset.
0: Yes,
1: yes, but from the customer from the customer journey side of things, there's a lot of operations of goals behind it, right? There's a lot of establishing processes and making it better, and it's a continuous improvement. So for me, scalability is a continuous, um, a continuous philosophy, especially for. Uh, consulting and service-based businesses in Mm. which it's harder. Um, You know, if you're talking about retail, that's an easier conversation. But B2B, service-based and consulting companies, it is is a harder process to become scalable because it's about um, thinking ways to make processes and services more efficient constantly. So for me, skillability is a mentality that should always be present in a business.
0: Okay, 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 okay. This was one really good advice, guys. And my dear friends, if you're listening here. And so that's a wrap for our main session. Thank you so much, Alejandra, for you know sharing about your company. And to make it fun, we have our fast seventh session now, where we'll get to know Alejandra, a bit of Alejandra herself as a person and her routine and you know a few things that uh, she's very much into. So um, starting with our fast seventh session. Are you ready, Alejandra? Yes. I like it. Go. Okay. So uh, first question, It's what's your favorite time of the day? Uh, definitely the morning when I have the most energy. Okay. So name three things that you cannot live without. Uh, my mate, which is the
1: Argentinian drink. It's like a tea. Uh, my family, my kids, for sure. And travel. I like to travel alone at least once or twice a year with my friends to, you know, unplug. <laughs>
0: Okay. 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 Um, So who is your role model and why? I don't know if it's a role model, but it's a
1: woman that really, really inspired me and Uh she's a coach. And uh, she was my coach for many years and she's a psychologist and she defined her career in her own terms Mm -hmm. and decided to really live authentically and just do whatever she really felt was in line with what she was looking for. So she was my inspiration for
0: many years. And uh, okay, can we can uh, if, if possible, can we can we get her name? Her name is Lina Acosta. Okay, okay. And then like how is she associated with you? You know, like uh, you know she you was mentioned- my yeah, she was my parenting coach actually. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. and okay, she that's was, really nice. So I'm. Um, uh what is one quote you live by? Actually, this one that I love by Mark Twain that
1: said, if mm-hmm. I had more time, I would have written a shorter letter. Oh for me yes okay. it's all about um being clear putting an effort in, into your communication and making sure that every single thing you say or write or you know
0: plan is simpler okay. and clearer okay that's really really nice okay so um uh, so our fifth question is you know uh, tell us about one adventurous thing that you have done in your life you know although <laughs> you might have done many but then uh, one thing that that was the most fun <laughs> so yeah
1: in my 20s i backed back through europe and that oh. was amazing
0: it sounds amazing definitely yes yes,
1: yes. it was super fun uh, so yeah now i feel old because it was many years ago but it was super fun
0: <laughs> i can tell you our listener she looks really lovely today and old is nothing at all that you looks right now. So I don't know why <laughs> I mentioned that. Okay, so um, if you had one superpower, you know what would it be? Oh, that's a hard one. One um, superpower. So we all want a
1: lot. I mean, inspiring people is a superpower. Um, okay. I would love to learn, like, but you can acquire it by.
0: But you but, know, you're uh, you're already doing that, I guess. I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm
1: trying to learn and inspire people.
0: Yes. Okay. Okay. Or
1: maybe, yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: I think that... Yeah, I, I think I'll give you a chance to, you know, uh, give give us one more, one more superpower that... Uh, one hopefully. more superpower? Yes, yes. Uh, Oof. Looking at the universe
1: from up. Oh. MAP. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Looking at the whole universe. So this morning, actually, I was having a conversation with my kids about the universe. Okay. Yeah. Gloria has been studying all the planets. And I was like, Mm -hmm. what would it be like to actually be up there and looking at the solar system just as a whole?
0: Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Flying like Superman all the way up there. (laughs) Okay. That's really, really cool. Okay. (laughs) So our final question for today is, you know, describe our podcast series, the Entrepreneurship Series, in three words. Oh, definitely
1: fun, inspiring,
0: and informative. Okay, great! Thank you so much. That was lovely of you. Um, so guys, this is the end of our session. We will be back with uh, our next episode very soon. Any, uh, thank you so much, Elizandra, for joining us today. Any final words you want to share or give to our listeners?
1: No, that's it. And if you're starting into the entrepreneurship um path, it's a long one, but it's a fun and uh, just go do it. If you put your heart
0: into it, it's going to work. I love last words. Go do it, guys. It's your time. Just do it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. If you like what we're doing, do share and subscribe and leave us a comments for the episode. We will be back very soon with another exciting journey to share with you all. Till then, stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you, everyone.